Hello and welcome. You're listening to Previdary Connect, a weekly dialogue that explores the latest business trends to understand how companies are adapting and preparing for a stronger future. I'm Chrissy Wissinger, your host. Each week, we'll be exploring trends in today's business world to learn how leaders, innovators, and change makers are reshaping business to create a brighter tomorrow. In this podcast, which is the second in a C-series for resilience planning in a COVID economy, Chris Wheeler, Previdary VP of Partnerships, and Evan Smith, who is a former operating executive, discuss how it is paramount for corporations to align platforms, processes, and resources to support scenario planning as a normal requirement for succeeding in today's business world. Thank you for joining us, Evan. Would you mind telling a little bit about yourself to the folks who have joined listening to this podcast today? Sure. Thanks, Chris. Um, so, Evan Smith, I, uh, I work as an independent consultant in uh, change and planning with senior leadership teams and started my career working in um, tech companies, a chemical company, and um, financial services, um, basically sitting on the other side of the desk and trying to make some of the sorts of decisions that, that we're going to be exploring today. Thank you for sharing that background, Evan. As you and I spoke recently, um, my background is in providing services and software to the office of CFO. So this whole idea of resilience planning, you know, having one version of the truth, driver-based forecasting and planning has now morphed into what everyone's talking about, which is scenario planning. So it's not it's not a new um, idea, but clearly relevant. As we spoke in the last podcast about things that have come become more important here given the pandemic, one thing we're now talking seeing is, is the idea of scenario planning. What have you seen or heard from the folks that you talk with on a regular basis of the importance of scenario planning? Yes, um, it's a great question, Chris. I think the uh, what what I'm starting to see now in discussions with leaders and their teams in organizations is um, a recognition that the processes they they have used are uh, too fragile, not robust enough, and they take too long. And there's the environment uh, outside now shifting so quickly uh, and um, so many um, uncertainties that uh, I think there's a recognition now in a lot of the companies I'm working with that they need to be taking a different sort of look in order to understand what the drivers are in the environment that, that companies are operating in today. Some of those things, really dramatic shifts uh, pre to uh, the, the environment that companies were operating in pre-pandemic. So you mentioned kind of uh, platforms, processes, and, and resources all being in, important. Uh, any examples you have of, I guess, the importance of any one of those in the conversation you've had uh, being more or less important as, as we move through this pandemic? There is a, uh, what shall we say? I think there's a new humility among many uh, leaders in organizations today. They're, they are looking for ways to um, compress their timelines around developing robust scenarios. The the time that it takes under under what were uh, normal business conditions is is um, it's really insufficient. 
what what we talked about last week uh, with Thomas Kilbane and uh, Patrick Slattery and uh, Tony Cipolletti was really about looking for new sources of data that can help inform um, uh, both sort of uh, re- providing more real-time feedback, helping people get a different sense about what underlying drivers are. And I do see, I do see um, leaders having some curiosity about how to do that in ways that are relevant for their business. But I think that sense of what I referenced at the outset, the sense of um, that, that for many businesses are on really uncertain footing. They're looking to see what drivers are different in the, in the environment we're in today and that we're moving towards. And it is going to mean that there are some big shifts in where the data comes from that informs those models and how, how companies process it. Um, you know, I work with companies across the uh, size spectrum from uh, companies, you know, $25 million in size all the way up to Fortune 50. And the, there is a, uh, there's definitely a sense here that uh, there's haves and have nots in this, in this environment. If, if for companies that had a robust infrastructure, lots of computing horsepower, great middleware, great analytics, they're much more well positioned, but the they're also typically more encumbered by um, uh, some of the strictures of process. And I think in those organizations, there's some different challenges in order to get to some of the faster cycles around building alternate scenarios uh, than a smaller organization. On the small organization side, maybe with less robust tools. I mean, some companies that I've worked with are still um, in the world of Excel spreadsheets, and I know that will lead everyone to gasp. But um, uh, they're really behind. And part of the part of the challenge is how do you how do you uh, both collect the data, process the data, and make sense of the data? And for me, so much of that really starts with mindset and curiosity at the senior team level, and a, a willingness to think differently about um, what might be happening that's leading to the sorts of things that we're seeing in marketplaces or seeing in underlying drivers. Thank you, Evan. So much of what you mentioned, I I wholeheartedly believe and have found in my career, the things that uh, now we're seeing, you know, time driving time to value, uh, the idea that there are, in, in, internal boundaries is associated with folks who are, are unwilling to change their current behavior, the limitations of internal processes or infrastructure, um, which prohibits companies from taking advantage of, of new technologies to kind of excel coming through and out of this pandemic. Uh, do you have, mm. uh, I guess the question for you, uh, could you have examples or thoughts in terms of what happens to companies who do not embrace the, this idea of scenario planning uh, and the use of data uh, versus the ones who actually do and become more competitive? Yes. Well, I think um, I do have, uh, there's one sort of classic example that uh, I think we all lived through a bit uh, in the early part of the pandemic. Um, and uh, I want to say, uh, you know, this example is, is there's, there's a lot of, of what what shall we say folk wisdom there was a lot of public sentiment about this but everyone everyone may remember the 
the shortage of toilet paper that appeared early in uh, 2020 as conditions in the pandemic were ramping up and um, uh, the lockdowns began uh, rolling out. And the, the, uh, the popular press was filled with stories about individual consumers hoarding. And I, as I understand it, um, while there was certainly some sort of survival mentality that may have driven excess purchasing going on, uh, what was actually going on was taking place in the supply chains in the, in the, uh, the producers of toilet paper and their inability to redirect supply chains quickly enough to keep up with where people were spending time during their days. Um, and, and without going into too much more of that story, the, there's a way in which uh, what, what we need to be doing as leaders in organizations, what we need to be doing is exploring multiple possible futures with, with energy and sort of making our, bringing our best business judgment to understanding what, which scenario, which set of futures we're prepared to move into testing, experimenting, uh, piloting in as quickly as possible um, and be, be in the place where we're willing to follow the scenario planning with some real investments in what I'd call learning exercises, right? They're, they're, uh, they're ways to test the assumptions and what we think we're learning from the underlying drivers and the underlying analysis. The companies that I'm seeing that do that uh, well and the great example there is, of course, is uh, Amazon, uh, who might actually, um, you know, people know the story about uh, Amazon sometimes creates a listing in the product marketplace without uh, any sense necessarily about how that might be supplied, but it's testing for what demand will look like. I mean, that's a way to that's a way to collect market intelligence. Um, and then uh, use that to inform the way that you configure what you do on the back end. So it's scenario planning by itself, which gets to decision making and leads ultimately to pilots that help inform choices that we're going to make, investment decisions we're going to make, um, I think is really the behavior that is uh, what's new is we need to keep options open as long as possible and then quickly converge to the one that we think looks best. And I fundamentally think it's a, it is a, it is a different way of thinking for many uh, organizations. Mo most, most are trying to streamline this process and it has a, a nice cadence and it's very predictable. There is a, there's a way in which we need a, we need to have a bigger sandbox. We need, be, need to be exploring more possibilities in parallel and then making collective choices about what those, um, what those are like, you know, as we go forward. So Evan, I, I find what you just mentioned fascinating. What I've heard through this, this economic crisis around the pandemic, early on companies um, were sort of paralyzed, didn't know what to do. Obviously forecasting and planning was out the window. So they turned to scenario planning as, as um, a proxy for what they used to do. Then yeah. as that, as it became the normal, um, the whole idea of scenario planning became kind of what people normally did. But what you talk about, which I actually think is going to happen, is this idea of using scenario planning 
uh, not only to get through the pandemic, but as a way to rapidly model their business and make key decisions going into the future, um, get going in and out of markets, um, in entering uh, new phases of uh, uh, the channel or supply chain and a new product into the market, this iterative process you need to have using all sorts of data to sort of grow the business. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. I think we're we're on the same page there. Um, there's a you know one of the things, and again, it, it it I think it has it this has this way of operating which we've had historically, which is all about uh, a very efficient, uh, structured, systematic process that tries to converge quickly on on one the best alternative. I think we're in a world right now with so many uncertainties and so many uh, so many variables connected to uh, others that we're we're going to have to fundamentally rethink the way we think about planning and 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 it is going to be about trying to avoid converging too quickly. Fundamentally, I think it's going to be about staying curious longer as long as we can until we need to until we're in the place where we think we can make some investments to test uh you know to do some learning that's going to inform the assumptions but i think it's i think it's a fundamental shift around keeping the options open and understanding them as well as possible uh so that so that our ongoing decision making is uh is choosing from an array of well qualified options so that sounds like uh, a, a challenge, a monumental yeah. task. Um, any advice that you would share with our listeners, things that you've heard, conversations you've had about how uh, executives can do this or things that they can do inside their corporation to, to um, allow this to happen? Yes, yes. So, I mean, one of the stories that I that I've heard, and I think again, I think there's probably many, many versions of this. But one of the uh, one of the great stories I heard was from a a client, a CEO of a services company, actually a services company in Asia, and he described as the as it became clear what was going on here in the pandemic, he described the way that the leadership team changed their patterns and habits around what they were focused on uh, in his organization. They moved away from, almost immediately, they moved away from the traditional form and format and cadence of a regular planning process. They moved to what effectively is a 90-day rolling forecast. And they used the evolving situation. They they shifted their some of their digital investments to be in more real-time communication with each other. And they actually opened up channels to other people in the organization so that they were getting more signals, more inbound signals about what was going on in the business that, that would come to the attention of the leadership team and the amount of dialogue that they were in together around options, choices, scenarios, et cetera, was, um, was fundamentally different than uh, pre-pandemic. I, I know there are other examples of that that uh, are out in the world, but it was a really, I think, a really well-articulated um, approach that it, it does rely more on rich conversation and intentional, sort of intentional decision-making that is both divergent in terms of, like I said earlier, looking out at options and then 
and then at certain moments convergent to what the best choices look like and a really explicit sort of qualification process around assumptions and then tying those very specifically to learning experiments. Things, you know, steps we can take, investments we can make, projects we can execute. They're going to tell us if our assumptions are good or not or how good they are and what we can learn in order to take next steps. So not to put you on the spot, because I don't know if you actually have this, but I, I sense the need for a framework to allow companies to do this. Would you agree with that? And do you and would you say that you you anticipate this coming out across the board here, we'll say, and as we head to 2021? Well, I guess um, when you say a framework, tell me a little bit about what you're what you're saying there. I think there is a well, let me let me ask the question and then let you respond. <laughs> Tell me yeah, what, yeah, what, what. Yeah, no, no worries. Right. So I, so I, I when I say framework, you you kind of mentioned um, having ha, being being intentional about certain things to to iterate on the process faster. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I mean by, by the framework. I, I've heard similar stories to the one you mentioned in, in Asia, um, but I think more corporations need to to have a framework, a, a guide, a, a a plan of action in order to, to mm. do these things. Um, because, you know, people can be, in some cases, uh, paralyzed, not knowing which way to go. Uh, they, I think they need a kind of a map or a guide to, to go through this. Well, I, so yes, yes, to that, to that, uh, to what you're describing, I would say yes. And I think it's a, in terms of a framework, there is um, there's a framework overall for what what a new version, what a more robust, resilient, open, um, rapid planning process can look like. There's definitely a need for that, and I would say, um, in to to make that work, there's got to be a more open front end you know, more inputs for data, more touch points into customer and frontline staff and, and others with perspectives that are going to help inform choices. And, and on the other side, or as part of the process that, 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 that new planning, uh, um, as that new planning operates, individual leaders are going to have to make some really significant shifts, both in their own individual habits their own ways of thinking, the conversations they are in, uh, the ways they explore new opportunities. I think for this to really work or for when it works really well, every person is asking about what else I need to know about or what, what do I need to be more well-informed about in order to uh, create as much value, create more optionality, um, inform the choices that are going to help me play my role as a CFO, as the chief operating officer, as the CEO. Um, I think it's got to become personal in addition to operating at a framework or process level in an organization. In summary, the need for data and more signals is ne has never been a, at a, a higher level. Agreed? I would, I would totally agree with you on that. And that concludes today's podcast. Should you have any questions about scenario planning, please visit www.prevedary.com for more information.